What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining, this, joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Stella Chung is here, who it may be her first appearance <laughs> on Gamescoop. And if that's true, that is a grievous error, which we will attempt to make up for right now. Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember. And the before times are just a haze now. So, I mean, yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's from about three years ago. No one remembers. And, and fun fact, exactly. Stella is like two feet away from yeah. me right now. But it's an <laughs> optical illusion that we're not in the same stage together, which we are. Yeah. And John Davidson is also joining us once again. Welcome back. Hello. And we got a great show for you this week. We'll flip through the September 2006 issue of Nintendo Power. That would be right on the eve of the launch of the Nintendo Wii. The 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 weave of the launch. Oh, yes, the, the weave. Wii. We all called it that at the Ooh. time, I remember. <laughs> I, and it's the 14-year uh, anniversary of the weave now, so. It is the 14-year anniversary, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's the, uh, what, 16th. Uh, and we got to talk about, yes. ra- we have to talk about ragdoll physics. What happened to ragdoll <laughs> physics? The world Whoa. wants to know. <laughs> but first, Cyberpunk 2077. A video game that mm-hmm. was released late in 2020 to some controversy, but then somewhere down the road, most of the kinks were ironed out. And I think most people would agree it's a pretty good video game to play today. Uh, it's getting its first expansion next year. Apparently, apparently, maybe the only expansion this game yeah, is going to get. Yeah, that was a follow-up news story. Is that yeah. this is all? I mean, it was kind of that one of those statements was like it's all that was announced at the time. This is all that we're announcing at the time. But it also kind of seemed a little bit definitive. Yeah, I mean, that's also pretty late after the launch of the game for the first mm-hmm. big expansion to be coming three years. Yeah, we're like we're like three the three Witcher ones out by then probably. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah, probably I think yeah. Mm. Anyway, it's called Phantom Liberty, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. It's going to be a, a spy thriller, and I guess we should expect something a little bit different from the gameplay, but you're still playing as V, which, I don't know, maybe someone will have to explain to me. It's been it's been a lot. I, I, I beat it at launch, but I haven't played much of it since then. So, like, my memory is that at the end of the game, my V is in a very, very bad place. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. I don't know what they have planned for well, V. Well, because they didn't talk about if it's a continuation or if it's, mm-hmm. like, or if it's like a spinoff, right? I mean, I know, I know what they said, but they didn't say it chronologically. Like, Johnny Silverhand is, like, there and talking and everything. Back. So, like, how does that fit? Yeah. Fit? yeah. And Keanu Reeves is back. And then the brief trailer sees Johnny Silverhand warning V about an oath they just took, swearing allegiance to the new United States of America. Yeah, there's, <laughs> Sam, what, what do you make of this? Well, there's a little bit of a, uh, shall we say, wiki rabbit hole you can go down from, you know, there's a lot of card game and ephemera around cyberpunk even before 2077 about, like, what the new United States of America are, or I think, mm-hmm. and USA. Um, and, you know, like... USA. Yes, I, I noticed that. Um, oh man, I, I I don't want. I won't go into this too much. But here's what I learned: is that there is, you know, this new United States. It's so much like Fallout, though, right? Is that there's like mm-hmm. these like existing government factions still, and like uh, Night City is actually in Morro Bay, California, which is like outside. San, well, it's west of San Luis Obispo, the coast town there, and so it's kind of like that's in the United States. Or what was the United States? And so the the NUSA is one of the kind of factions I think that's around. But like, how Fallout is that all sound? Like, you know, yeah. the California, like what's going on with that? I don't know. I just I just think it's really interesting that it's uh, you know could be about the remnants of, of the United States. Now, in terms of just like what the game is and like what you're going to be doing in it, um, it looks like it's still a Night City. It's like a district of Night City. Yeah. More of that. That's pretty cool. I'm interested. I will definitely play, be playing this. Stella, did you play Cyberpunk? 
I did. I was one of those unfortunate people that had to play it at launch, right? Because I'm on the <laughs> gameplay team. <laughs> and uh, it was, um, I, this was one of those titles that I was really looking forward to, like ever since it got announced, which like, if you remember, I had that original teaser with that girl with like the razor blade arms, like mantis yeah. arms and stuff. Uh, so I was very curious about it ever since then. But like, man, that launch was really disappointing. And I actually haven't gone back since they did all the fixes and stuff. Um, mm. But I know that it looks way better. It performs a lot better. But like this expansion doesn't really seem to touch on the things that I'm most excited about. Like there were so many different shops I wanted to go inside of that I wanted to explore. Um, mm. And like, yeah, I love Fallout. So the, I guess the new expansion looks really cool, or at least the uh, new USA part seems really cool, but it's also really funny. It's like, oh, do we need a sequel to the USA? I don't think, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. On this, but, this day of mourning. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, when you played, did you play on PC? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So even with that, like high end, yeah. like, good PC, I did too. Um, like I, I liked, I really liked cyberpunk at launch just because of PC while well, everybody else on consoles were ha was having a really bad time but it still had bugs it wasn't like it wasn't yeah like, you know no like yeah I, we were definitely the lucky people to play on pc and like i had all the specs that were proper for it but it it was still such a buggy mess and uh it was it was really hard to tell what part was game design and what what like oh did i solve the puzzle right or did it just glitch out so you know there was a lot of that confusion um which i understand that has been fixed now but also this being the only expansion that may come out for uh cyberpunk is is kind of disappointing because like, like you we're said, showing a glitch I know. All right now. So, <laughs> I, I just saw some ragdoll physics too so yeah, there you go. All together. <laughs> yeah one has to wonder if they had more plans for more content but they ended up having you know to spend you know a yeah. year or more just fixing the game that was originally launched in the first place oh that's a really good point yeah i mean that's that, that it's like if the witcher moved right on to these massive mm. expansions like those are 20 30 hours they're th the blood and wine one is awesome. It's really, really cool. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the time you spend. And like, presumably fixing cyberpunk was a priority. Also remember next gen Witcher, that's getting kicked down mm -hmm. the road a bit. So it's like, I'm amazed well, that there's a DLC package at all coming out, I guess, in, in hindsight. I mean, that's, speaking of the Witcher, that was sort of buried in CD Projekt's uh, first half of the year earnings that they still, it's, it's still on track. The next gen version of the Witcher 3 is still on track to come this mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Which is just like, it's a little bit surprising to and, me. And uh, next gen console watch fans out there might be interested in knowing the Cyberpunk expansion is only coming to next gen. So you can tell like to save on development time to make sure that they can just like get this out and working, only focusing on those new systems too. I mean, yeah. Sorry, uh, Damon, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, honestly, I like that a lot, that it's only coming to next gen because they're being honest, finally, about like what they can and can't do, which was the problem <laughs> with the launch. They weren't honest about what they were capable of, what was ready. And so them actually being able to narrow it down to what they are like able to put resources into, I feel like that's them understanding. Waiting for the mistakes a little bit too late, but uh, it, it is good to see that sort of transparency. Mm -hmm. it, it does suck yeah. for uh, last-gen console owners, but uh, especially with the launch that they had, that was rough. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. I think it is a, an unusual situation where uh, the the expansion is only coming to new-gen consoles when the game was originally released on last-gen consoles, even though it was released after the new-gen consoles were out in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I could see some people, you know, being uh, upset about that. But just anecdotally, looking in the comments on IGN, I really wasn't seeing 
you know, I was seeing a lot of people being like, good, it's time to move on. John, can you think of any other time when like uh, a mm. game <laughs> came out for last gen, but the expansion is only coming out for next gen? Not on that, but I think, you know, there was some stuff in the transition from, you know, out of the back end of 360 where there was a lot of like, you know, concurrent versions and no one really knew how to handle it. And But I think, I look, I think we're two years in on on these on this generation now yeah. both the playstation and the xbox are the fastest selling despite the fact that you can't walk into a store and buy one yeah. they're both the fastest selling versions of the consoles ever so i think i think it's a pretty safe bet for them um did any of you ever play the tabletop cyberpunk game because what i what i liked about the trailer for the new for the expansion is it felt more like what i remember the tabletop being like then really it was weird like for, for all the all the you know all the hype leading up to it and the involvement of um of, you know a lot of the people that originally crafted the, the original cyberpunk stuff there was a lot of stuff in the core game that didn't really feel like it. you know i think there was you know there were people with robot faces opening up and weird bug eyes and and the mantis mm -hmm. stuff but fundamentally it was a sort of futuristic city environment with a lot of fairly conventional stuff in it. But I thought uh, the there were little glimpses of things in the trailer for the new one that to me kind of capture what I remember about the like there was a lot about the original where it was about that kind of like, you know, jacking into things and like the heists and a lot of there was a, there was a lot of stuff about the early game that um that was very evocative of that kind of remember 80s sci-fi and 80s ideas of what cyberspace was and sure. you know it's seemingly in the cyberpunk universe wi-fi and bluetooth was never invented right yeah everything is like you pull a wire out of your neck and yeah. plug it yeah. into a hole in the wall sure. like i think yeah the, i i, I kind of like that the you know the, the the game needs to kind of lean into that kind of more because it is it's not 2077 it's a 1980s interpretation of 2077 that made it so magical, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, even Star Wars couldn't imagine email being a thing. The, the plans <laughs> right. for the Death Star had to be physically <laughs> delivered to the Rebellion. Um, anyway, that's. I think the expansion sounds cool. I, 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 I think I will return to Cyberpunk when that's released next year. But Sam, will you play The Witcher 3 again if the next-gen version is actually out this year? Well, I mean, I just, you know, I like I would like to, but I'm never going to have the time to do that. And I love that game, yeah. but just the intro alone is a lot to get through and getting into the swing of things is like 20 or 30 hours in when I want when I'd actually want to do like different stuff. But um uh the yeah, I don't think so. For for this for this for Cyberpunk, um I think what could make or break this is like how annoying it is to get into the DLC, um, it wasn't exactly easy in The Witcher. Like I used my save in The Witcher. I, I, you know, you have to go back. You can't use a completed game save. Obviously, you can't get to the stuff from the beginning of the game. It's like square in the middle. So, like these games, like a big component of them is that they, we we all have like three hundred saves from each of them, right? I'm just like, how is that going to work? Like, I'm really curious about it. I don't really want to play it standalone, but like. It's just that that that's the type of thing where it's like that hasn't really been sorted out in video games in general so far. And like, I'm kind of curious how this, that's going to work. I mean, yeah. 
I know we just started recently talking about Souls games because uh, Damon wasn't really into them until Elden Ring. Uh, yes. But they, Souls games does DLCs really, really well. Like even if you've played through the game, um, usually how the DLCs work is that you have to access like uh, a certain thing in a certain area, and then it opens the new DLC areas from that point, which is really cool. Like Bloodborne did that, uh, so it, it gives you that option, which is really nice. Um, obviously, if you like do a new game, you have to like go through all the areas and then unlock that area and then do the DLC stuff. But yeah, I feel or like you have to have an old save. If you delete your yeah, old yeah, saves, yeah. like if you're at the end of the game, you might not be able to, well, maybe I think you can. So you'd have to just like, you're like, you're ready to fight the final boss, yeah. but you're just going to go do this first. You have to yeah, get that I think, save. I think you can still do it even with, if you fought the old boss, yeah. because like, uh, it gives you that option. Like, do you want to go to NG plus or just still, you know, mess around? Right. There's a new game plus. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. cyberpunk have a new yeah. game plus? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think they were just concerned with their... It didn't have NG+, but it had that thing where after you'd finished the final thing, it dumped you back immediately before. It dumps you back out on the street before you go into the tower, and (laughs) you can kind of continue like nothing happened. Well, one thing that makes stuff like this possible, uh, I think, to its detriment, is that it can be... It's doing that thing in RPGs where it adjusts... They, every enemy adjusts to your level, so everything's uh, always just like a little, little bit rubber banded to you. And like, I actually hate that. I think like yeah. there should be a like everything in this world has level one through seventy. And if I'm at thirteen, I could probably take on fifteen, but probably but maybe not quite yet. Like I love that type of game, but I really yeah. don't like it when it's like so like with games that tell stories though you kind of lose that so like this is that type of game so if you're just going to experience a bunch of story content that might be cool but it's hard for me to see like the challenge if you can just enter this at any time because it just means all the enemies are there are going to be one level ahead of you or whatever what's the point of living what's the point of the numbers is it even an rpg yeah i don't know know why yeah i was i've been like just trying out a bunch of different games because there's like nothing new coming out uh, so I was playing uh, Pillars of Eternity 2, what, Dreadfire, and then one, at the very beginning of the game, Sam, it, you can decide if you want to have level scaling on or not. Oh, Or you can also set the degree of level scaling, like it'll only scale mm-hmm. in one direction or the other, but just turn it off. Well, Don't I need any level scaling. I do like the idea of like when you have to grind in games. I love being like, yeah. well, one of my options for grinding is to go to an easier area and just bowl over a bunch of enemies. Yeah. Like that is an option if, if I don't want to take on one really tough enemy to grind. Like, I just think that's cool. Like, you know, I remember in Dragon Quest, you go back to like the original areas and you can just like, slimes are going to attack you, but they're just like, they die immediately. Like, I love that. Yeah. It feel, makes you feel good. Yeah. I like it when there's more than one way to defeat a tough enemy. You can use your skill mm-hmm. or you can just put in the time to grind and just yep. become OP. This is why Damon warmed up to Elden Ring. Oh, he found this okay. one arrow right. hole in a wall oh and just shot God. an enemy from it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, let's turn the clocks back to September 2006. Okay, September 2006 issue of Nintendo Power with Rayman Raving Rabbids on the cover. But what I think is interesting is the title of the game does not appear anywhere here. Bunny's Gone Bad, Rayman's (laughs) Wii Adventure Goes Raving Mad. Was the name of the game not official yet? Just there was a Rayman game coming to Wii? Yeah, I suppose so. This would be a few months before the launch of the Wii. I was actually at IGN at this time. It was only a few months into my tenure, mm-hmm. uh, but Game Scoop was probably around episode ten. Whoa! Right oh my god! Probably right around double wow. digits. That's that so time. cool. Yeah. I didn't realize Scoop started that early in your tenure. Yeah, just a, just a couple months into yeah after I've been hired. Were they really short? Uh, Were they like ten minute shows at the time? No, no, no. no they're just a regular hour long podcast. I took up so much space in people's iPods. <laughs> it's so rude. Oh, I know. That's true. Um, <laughs> John, where were you in 2006? 
I I was still at the original Ziff Davis, so like my I was I was running all the mags plus one up, but also I was editor in chief of official PlayStation magazine, so I was mm. close to the PlayStation stuff at this point. Um, but with over we were overseeing all of it, so obviously you know with one up and EGM, so I do re I remember. I remember them. I don't remember if they told us the name. I remember the, oh, there's a Rayman coming to Wii conversations, but I don't remember the circumstances around why it, why it wouldn't have its name on the cover. Yeah, it is unusual. I don't suppose I any of your magazines were upset that, that this was on, that Nintendo Power got the cover, right? I don't, I don't, I don't recall there being particularly <laughs> contentious, think, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 at, at the top it says Mario scores with Final Fantasy. Sam, do you know what that's all about? Mario what? scores with Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. I have no we'll idea. idea. <laughs> all right. I, it, I was surprised to learn this too. So the first thing is uh, a confusing ad for Verb. Uh, it's, it's three different scenes of kids being active. And I looked it up. Verb was like a, uh, an initiative by the CDC to get kids to go outside and play, basically. Mm. Yeah, put it in Nintendo Power. Smart. I mean, um, yeah. and also just ads in Nintendo Power is weird because you know I know there's many I eras know, know. of Nintendo Power without ads because it just is one big ad for Nintendo games already. Yep. And then in the letters section, there's a couple good letters here. Uh, one Tim Tendo wrote in to say, "I was reading through the pulse sections of the last five or so Nintendo Powers, and I noticed that you guys were seriously making fun of Dragon Ball Z fans. <laughs> Being a diehard fan myself, I demand an apology." And Nintendo Power's response was, we're truly sorry that you are a diehard Dragon Ball Z fan. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Just that's the, good. I like that. Yeah, me too. That's the saltiest Nintendo has ever gotten in the history. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, Anthony wrote in to say, I just thought of something. It would be possible to play games like Duck Hunt and the Super Scope 6 titles using the Wii controller, wouldn't it? Do you think light gun games will make a comeback with the Wii? Which is interesting because light gun games did make a comeback with the Wii. They did, yeah. Not and retro then, uh, ones. Well, Nintendo Power says, yeah, light gun games seem like a no-brainer for Wii. In fact, Nintendo showcased both an updated version of Duck Hunt and a Zapper-style peripheral for the console at this year's E3. So the Zapper, I remember, but an updated Duck Hunt. I do not I remember no the memory. updated yeah. Duck Hunt. I, we got to ask no. Pear about that one. It seems kind of yeah. mean to update a Duck Hunt. It's just going to look crueler and crueler to those poor oh. ducks. <laughs> well, that, yeah, because also we have Big Buck Hunter and Cabela's everything. Yeah, you know, all of those that's true. Those too. don't have an asshole dog in them, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nintendo Power also says, now all we need is, house, is a new House of the Dead. Make it happen, Sega. Yes, of course, they, would, they did. They would yeah, get a new good. House of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they and did. Also, isn't there a, it's been a while there a since they yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a remake of the original House of the Dead coming, too, I think. Yeah. I, oh, is I, there? Oh. Yeah. I, I remember the uh, Wii one. It was called House of the Dead Overkill, and I did the guide yeah. for it. And I'm to this day, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, there was an unattainable collectible in it as an error in the game because you couldn't update Wii games. Oh, yeah. Well, so are you I, sure? Yeah. They could, you could go online with your Wii. You could, but Nintendo refused to allow patches. There's like a couple wow. very scant situations, but they, you know, wow. they wanted that, that, uh, th those quality games off the shelf, you know, like Puppy Island and stuff like that. <laughs> but have no bugs. Baby, yeah. pets, babies. Uh, someone writes in to say, I was looking at some trailers for the new PC game Spore and thought it looked awesome. Is there any talk of bringing the game to Wii? And it wouldn't come to Wii, but Spore creatures would come to DS. Spore, man. That's you know what? Idea. That If this is the Spore month, this would be the first... This is the month that I started freelancing for IGN. Oh. 
Wow. Did you cover sport? A little bit, uh, but mainly my first thing was the skate guide, which must have been this fall. Oh, okay. When uh, uh, I can tell you an old man story, um, yeah. when they announced to Spore, they it was when the um, the, the science museum in Golden Gate Park with the you know with the garden on the roof and the and the what's yes. it called? Yeah, the Academy of Sciences. The Academy, yeah. So that play, I don't think it opened yet, and one of the first event ever in that building was the Spore launch event, Whoa. and it was. I mean, this was back in the days where people like Will Wright, he was you know. Mm-hmm. Much like Peter Molyneux and those sort of like auteur visionary, like you just hung on everywhere and like they showed Spore and it was this like, you know, the infinite possibility of what this game is going to allow. And it's like yeah. simulating an entire kind of like universe of possibility. And, you know, they, there's the planetarium there and they showed the game on this gigantic screen. And, and it was it felt like, you know, oh, my God, this is unlike anything else. And then it came out and uh and and didn't quite didn't quite <laughs> deliver on all of that. <laughs> yeah. And unlike well, yeah. No Man's Sky, they didn't spend like four years correcting it. They just yeah. were like, "All right, no, see yeah. ya. Let's yep. make another yep. Simant game." Yeah. What? Yeah. Where? Where did Will Wright go? Yeah. Where's Will Wright, John? You know where he is. He's been. He's uh. He's in Emeryville, and I think he's building robots. I believe. Oh. oh. I don't think that. what he what he oh. actually didn't anticipate is that people would spend more time making creatures that look like penises than they did actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Uh, so not in the game industry anymore then, huh? I don't believe so. No. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Uh, John, I, I want to ask you this. So this is Nintendo power in 2006. The publisher is T Kamishima and the editor in chief is Yoshio Tsuboike. So it's still, it's, it would have been handed off to Japan, like Nintendo Japan, maybe. It started in Seattle. Yeah, it was started in Seattle. Yeah, but I think wasn't it always kind of like supervised by the Japanese thing? Because like anyone I knew that ever kind of crossed paths with working on it would complain that they had virtually no autonomy to make the magazine at all, and that you know there were lots of decisions that were made above them. And because you know, I mean. There were different flavors of official magazine, right? Where, you know, and I think Nintendo Power was on the furthest extreme of, you know, it wasn't really editorially independent. It was a, it was a a propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was propaganda. Sure. Which we ate up (laughs) happily. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, the first name in editorial consultants is Reggie Fizeme. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. But lots of Japanese names on the, um, the list here. Okay, most wanted, which was voted by fans at Nintendo.com. Most wanted Nintendo GameCube game was Twilight Princess, then Super Paper Mario, Batten Kaito's Origins, mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, and Super Monkey Ball Adventure. I... Most wanted Game Boy Advance was Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy V, Yggdra Union, I don't even know how to pronounce that, Tomb Raider Legend, and Metal Slug. And then over on Nintendo DS, it was Phantom Hourglass, which I guess would have just been revealed at GDC yeah. that year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Final Fantasy III, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin, Children of Mana, and Yoshi's Island 2. So all old games except for Phantom Hourglass. Mm-hmm. Or, and I guess Portrait of Ruin is the new Castlevania. So good, too. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, but then It shows the, you how enduring some of that stuff is, right? 16 years later, and I think if you were to ask Nintendo fans... Things that they wanted for a new Nintendo system, yeah. or it, it, a lot of the franchise names would be the same, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Sure. Yeah. 
Still getting mana games for the Nintendo Switch. On the top sellers for GameCube, I guess I don't remember how how dire a time it was for GameCube. In 2006, when the Wii was about to launch, because the best-selling game this month was Over the Hedge, which is like <laughs> a, a tie-in to an animated film. Okay. Wow. Yeah, And then others on the list are Rampage, Total Destruction, uh, Naruto, Class of Ninja, Mario Kart Double Dash, which was three years old mm -hmm. at this time. Super Smash Bros. Melee was five years old at this time. Yikes. There was just, I, when I was in it and I had a GameCube at the time, I, I don't remember it being like that dry for big new releases. I do. Well, Mar yeah. Mario Kart endures on every platform, right? Like we were, yeah. we were just it. doing something where we were looking at the best selling games of 2022 so far, and Mario Kart's in the top 10. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Damon, I would say that that like completely sums up my experience with the GameCube because I didn't have another system for a long time. Mm -hmm. So that made, uh, it, okay. made it real. Those dry spells were really dry. That's interesting. And, but, you know, then there, there'd be like a summer that had Prince of Persia, Sands of Time and Beautiful Joe and stuff like that. Those were really exciting yeah. times for the GameCube. And then it, was, it would go for a year after that. This is really interesting for me to hear everyone's experience because like I was in seventh grade. <laughs> Yep. So I wasn't allowed to I'll game. Pay. Yeah. Pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just like, ah, oh, yes. Uh -huh, I've heard of those games. Well, but, so you, you weren't playing any games at the time in seventh grade? Uh, so I think whenever Twilight Princess came out, my sister, my mm. dad actually got the Wii to okay. play Call of Duty of all things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Thing. Which like, if you remember, they had that weird like gun, yep. like, like, a holder a thingy for your thing for yeah uh so we played twilight princess together on the couch and i remember that and i was like oh this is a really cool game but like not i wasn't really allowed to play i was allowed to have an hour of computer time like i was not gaming so uh, yeah <laughs> but the wii would have been your intro to console gaming then basically because the wii sports and everything i think so yeah mm. um i mean my first ever game that i really played with was banjo kazooie but that was like on a friend's cool heck platform. yeah yeah that was a good place to start <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cool. You're, you're, you're in good company with Banjo-Kazooie. Yes. Here, Sam. Square Enix made uh, Mario right. Hoops 3 on 3. The hoops, oh. of course. Yeah. I remember it's this. Cute. Which, Wait, is this, the, is this the reference on the cover? Yeah. Yeah. So a Mario basketball game for DS that I guess included Final Fantasy characters in the game. I never played it. <laughs> Yeah, that is a somewhat misleading cover line. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I, what, what, I, what I liked about this game is that they made you know like basketball outfits for all the characters, and they're adorable. Like like right. I remember like Daisy and you know Peach and stuff like that. They just have like everybody has like a cool like unique basketball uniform. Aww. Bowser, it's really funny. They had good art for it. Um, demo memo for DS owners: grab your DS and head to a demo station oh, equipped yeah. store. You remember this being a thing? Yeah. What? Yeah. You, that's how you got your Nintendogs from like Hillary Duff or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> I think they, they have them at like McDonald's too, right? Yeah. And I bet in Japan they were everywhere, but here it was yeah, like a GameStop thing mainly. Yeah. You can take your DS to these stations and download demos for games like Big Brain Academy, uh, Metroid Prime Hunters, Over the Hedge. Maybe that's why they sold so many copies. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then in the uh, big news and shorts, uh, LucasArts has revealed that its next Indiana Jones game, due in 2007, will also crack the whip on DS. The story remains under a veil of cobwebs and secrecy. What Indiana Jones game would that be? I do not know, but I didn't play it. I don't think it came out, especially if it came out for DS also. I think there was like a, a really bad one that came to like Wii, PS2, and DS really? around that time. Wait, would that, when, did, when did Crystal Skull come out? 
Would that was that yeah. around then? Yeah, it totally was. Probably around then. Yeah, 07 or 08, right? Yeah, so it could have just been a straight up movie tie-in game. That would have been very yeah. avoidable. Uh, Nintendo breakthroughs. They're talking about the what the Wii Connect 24, that service coming to Wii. But listen to the way they talk about uh, Satoru Iwata back at this time. Said after hearing a few years of Satoru Iwata's predictions and plans, considered nutty no longer. Now that the Nintendo president's DS vision has become reality, <laughs> the world has learned to listen to his every word. Iwata offered his latest not crazy talk at Nintendo's corporate policy briefing in June. And though he touched on E3 details about Wii and DS, he discussed them in a way that showed more of the larger picture, plus made big revelations as well. It just talks about how they're like blue ocean strategy and trying trying to cater to new gamers while also satisfying traditional hardcore gamers as well. But it is it's just strange to hear people talk about or to people. I don't recall. Doubting. Yeah, I don't recall Iwata having doubters at this point. When did Brain Age come out? Because like that was when he got the time, most yeah. right. So. Remember all the stuff? I mean, at GDC, I don't know if you any of you were at GDC where they like handed out Brain Age to everyone there because it was such a sort of breakthrough in thinking on, on what the DS could be. And like people were fully on board with what the potential of the DS was. And honestly, it was it was it was kind of prescient of what mobile gaming could potentially become back then, right? It was like eventually you're gonna have a device in your pocket and you can do everything on it. Well, I do remember yeah. our editor in chief at uh, that time saying uh, the DS was uh, Nintendo's Dreamcast, and it was like the worst idea. So I know people thought that Iwata was, you know, th that the that the existence of the the thing itself was was completely crazy until until it came out and caught on. And of course, we had a much quicker ramp up to being popular than the DS did. I think the DS might be my favorite Nintendo device ever. It's pretty incredible that I just have light. so many. Uh, I have yeah, so many fond memories of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think September '06, the the DS Lite would have been out by now. I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't remember this. Anyone remember the Nintendo Fusion Tour? Nintendo did its own music festival, like no. like a warped tour. Yikes! Never heard of that. <laughs> this year is Hawthorne Heights, Reliant K, Emery, the Plain White Tees. The sleeping, so a bunch of emo bands, I think. <laughs> I just don't remember. I don't remember Nintendo doing its own music festival. That's hilarious. Huh. Seems a little out of character for them, honestly. I, I guess so. Yeah, pretty cool for them. They had a preview for Castlevania: Portrait of Ruin, which is amazing. Uh, Donkey Kong King of Swing DS. Mm -hmm. Sam, did you play that one? Yeah, that one. You uh, only control the L and R buttons. Yeah, the Donkey Kong just goes <laughs> oh like this. God. And there was one very similar to Game Boy Advance too, right? This just allowed yeah. for a, a longer screen. I believe so. Cover story on <laughs> Raving Rabbids. Rayman Raving Rabbids. But this is the Raving Rabbids are coming to Wii and neither Rayman nor conventional game design is safe. I just, I don't. Oh my God, that's terrifying. What the? Okay, here they finally say the first line of their copy is when Rayman Raving Rabbids was first announced, but. Hmm. They're kind of hiding the, na the, the name of the game here. This is very long. Cover feature just on Rayman. And then they have an interview with someone on the team for Twilight Princess. And I just think it's interesting. It's, it's someone by the name of Daiji Imai, who is like, uh, what is his responsible? He's, just, he, he's like project manager on, on Twilight Princess. And it's just someone that we've I've never heard his name in any other like Nintendo right. dealings or even about Breath of the Wild or anything. But like, 
Mm-hmm. He was like a project manager on Twilight Princess. And this whole feature, it's not an interview with him. It's like an essay written by him just explaining what his role in Nintendo is and like where the game is at in development. And then it ends with a picture of him snorkeling. And it says, in his scarce free time, Imai enjoys putting on his diving gear and visiting with the sea life. And it's a picture of him. He's got his mouth open and a fish is swimming into his mouth. (laughs) And I just like, it's just an interesting picture to put of yourself in a magazine that's going to be read by maybe 100,000 people. Maybe he just really liked that picture. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Big feature on Red Steel. Who remembers the Ubisoft Wii launch game, Red Steel? Yeah, in our pre-show discussion of this, this was the game that, like, you know, where wherever it was shown off first, and I believe it was in scans in a magazine that wasn't this one, I, it was some other magazine, it looked like the shots they chose made it look really good, like, in, like a 360 quality game. And there was a bunch of arguing, like, maybe the Wii can get the power that the 360 can and maybe it's just like they figured something special out in it you know it was like that and then we learned the that they cannot it, it couldn't <laughs> yeah but i think john were you saying like this actually gave a, a preview of what it would be like to play yeah. first person games in vr yeah very much i mean if you remember the you aimed the gun with the wii remote while you were controlling with the with the analog stick in your other hand and it like it was a lot like playing a shooter in VR where it was kind of, you weren't really running and shooting. You were kind of moving from place to place and then standing in place and waving your other hand around to aim and shoot at things. And yeah. pacing of the game was this, it was almost like you were moving to a, a point where a bunch of enemies would spawn and you would shoot them and then you would move on, which is exactly the pattern that we've seen in in VR shooters because it's, you know, again, it's the control mechanism. It just it doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. work right. Um, I think at that point, though, people were just gobbling up anything. I mean, like, the Wii very quickly... I mean, the games that sold well on Wii, when you look back, that like there were some shocking games that performed extremely well because the, there were so many people bought them so quickly and just the appetite was voracious that, like, all kinds of garbage did well. I mean, this game was bad. Yeah. Well, and it also sold it, it, the upsell was also the promise of the swords, right? So, like from yeah. the very start, it was like, oh, you can do sword battles with the Wii remote, and it would be like this, like this groundbreaking, fun thing to do. Now, developers knew this whole time that it didn't work that well, and so they would limit you in these kind of like clashes instead of just walking around and swatting at people with your sword. So much so that they had to update the Wii remote eventually to be better at that. And then they built a whole Zelda game around it, which was like still janky. And it didn't work on stage yeah. when Miyamoto showed it off, remember? So yeah. like this game was all about like the the use of the sword and how and, and a cool looking and then uh, the third factor, adult game, right? Wii. Yeah. It was yeah. a really dumb sounding name still. It looked like it was for kids. And this was like, well, but like, uh, you, you you might want to own the Wii for your first person shooter needs too, which is like, mm-hmm. again, like that didn't end up really being true, except for Stella's dad, right? <laughs> it was you got, so weird. Got Call of Duty on it. Yeah, that controller thing was so weird. I tried it out and I was like, this does not make sense to my brain. I would rather, because like at the same time, every time I would go over to my friend's place, I would play like on their 360 or whatever. And I'm like, I'd rather play on a normal controller. So I was like, this is a very mm. weird setup. I do not like it. <laughs> Well, there was yeah. two very good shooters on the Wii that used the Wii remote by the end of its life cycle when they kind of sorted out stuff. And that, I would say Resident Evil 4 and Metroid Prime 3 were really good point, yeah. pointing and, and moving around shooters. Oh, okay. But like 
you didn't need to do that. We're all still really good with controllers. <laughs> like it, it didn't make it yeah. more fun necessarily, but I think it's yeah. still. I had completely forgotten version. about that that little doodad that you had to slot into the bottom of the Wii remote to make it more accurate. Like completely yeah. forgot about that. Wii remember they had to. They also had to sell like longer rubber holders as well right. to be able to hold it in place. Yep. Yeah. Yep, all that. And then they then they put the Wii Motion Plus inside a controller and you could get like a gold one of those for the yeah. the I think I, I have one of those somewhere, in, which is cool. Yeah. But they didn't work that much better. You know, to this day, it's kind of funny cuz like you remember those all had the, the the positioning bar and everything, and you know there was gyroscopes too. But now, like I think the the little switch controllers work about as well as like a Wii Motion Plus controller, and they have no sensors yeah. except for gyroscopes and stuff. It's just kind of funny to think how far that technology has come, mainly because of phones, right? Yeah, your phone I think can tell IGN you gave... you're in an accident now. <laughs> yeah, I think IGN gave uh, Red Steel a six, but then it did get a sequel that I think was a little bit better received year or two later yeah yeah so that one was a cel-shaded borderlands mm. looking game a lot more fun that i guess yeah. you can throw that in the, the you can walk around and shoot versions of wii games that worked really well that one worked great i wrote the guide for that one. Oh wow well speaking of sixes uh pokemon mystery dungeon also got a six from ign although i tend to like these kinds of games and then there's a pokemon like manga comic inserted here in this nintendo power and look how long this thing is it's like one two three four oh, five six wow. it's like 25 pages long. It's a like full-length comic inserted into this Nintendo Power. That's funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just keeps going, going, and going. Stylish, too. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, like, like we said, the uh, uh, DS Lite have been out by this time. And I don't know. They have seven like bright ideas, seven good things that it, it does. But it's just, it's just the obvious things. It's slimmer. Uh, it's more comfortable to use. The microphone works. The stylus feels good. Just things like that. But it's, the DS Lite was amazing. It still looks great. It it's just yeah, like it looks it awesome does. and modern and cool. And like, I just want to play yeah. it so bad right now. Yeah, so good. Uh, they have a preview of which one? Me Mega Man ZX, which I don't, I never played this part of the series, but um, it's interesting that this is Any Creates that makes this in Sam. It's the same uh, studio that does uh, the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon games oh. and then. Uh, the Blaster Master Zero games. Yeah, those are great games. But and still, I believe there's a ZX collection coming out, right? Or is that or zero? there already is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's well, confusing to yeah. me. It's hard. This era of Mega Man is confusing to me. <laughs> uh, there's a preview for the Tingle game, which never came out here. Oh, yeah. What was the full title of this? This Tingles, is Freshly Picked Magic. Tingles Rose-Colored Rupee Land. Yes. But what's interesting is that it came out in Japan, and it was, it was released in Europe. Mm. But not here. Yeah. I don't know why. I imported it. I loved it. You were able to play it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used some kind of internet resource to play it. And then I also played another Tingle game that never came out here, which was uh, the Tingle Balloon Fight game. Oh, wow. Also on DS. Cool. They're having a contest, uh, some sort of players poll. Grand prize is a DS Lite. Second prize is, uh, what, Star Fox, uh, a copy of Star Fox Command on DS. But what I like is third prize uh, is this T-shirt, a gray T-shirt that just says "I'm ready to play," in the middle, it, it, kind yeah. of small text, and that's it. It doesn't say Nintendo Power or anything about Nintendo or any Nintendo characters. Just huh. says "I'm ready to play." <laughs> it was okay. the style at the time. <laughs> which was the style at the time? <laughs> Maybe there was uh, a Nintendo logo on the sleeve or the back, which is the worst thing ever. Maybe, but the I don't know. Uh, classified info was still a thing, Sam. Yes. I love it. They, uh, they, have? they have a code, a uh, way to play as Luigi in New Super Mario Brothers. It's cool. one of their codes in this episode. 
And that's an ad for Game Crazy. Anyone remember Game Crazy? Mm. Rental? I don't really. It was, uh, yeah, the it was trade, like Hollywood. trade thing, right? Yeah, it was Hollywood Video's answer to GameStop, I think. So it was like, <laughs> it started out as like a store within a store oh. of Hollywood Video. Okay. Mm. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, but I just noticed it's the, the, the ad is a guy in his car and the, the hatchback is completely full of like retro games. Mm-hmm. It says time to trade. His license plate says 8-bit, but then he has a bumper sticker that says I break for Frogger, <laughs> which oh I, I, I'd put that in my car. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, somebody here at IGN st- started their career at Game Crazy, but I can't recall who right now, but I just heard that name recently because it was like, oh yeah, I worked at the Game Crazy in a Hollywood video somewhere. Game Crazy. There's an ad for Nintendo DS, which... What strikes me is the copy is, is I don't know, it just seems, it says, so it, the, it, it, it simulates the two screens of the DS. Kid is on the bottom, lying down, playing DS. Up top, Mario and Luigi are jumping through the clouds. That makes sense. But then it's, the copy says, this is the part where you go somewhere better. And I, it just strikes me as like, what, you're, you're targeting like teens? Or you're talking like sad, angsty yeah. teens? Oh, yeah. Why does that sound so ominous? Like, yeah. <laughs> Your life sucks, so like, yeah. just escape into this. Oh, my this. God. Okay. Finally, like, here's something that's, you know, that isn't going to be crappy for you. This is the part where you go somewhere better. <laughs> huh. It isn't going to be crappy for you. <laughs> what the? <laughs> In the back of the magazine, they stick a, a retrospective of an old Nintendo game. And it's Karnov. Cool. Everyone's favorite, I don't know. A bad, a bad arcade game, performer. but a uh, pretty funny uh, NES game. Oh, yeah. But it, it's just, it's, bad, you know, but... it's bad too. It's not like Rygar. It just momentarily confuses. No, Karnov, a fire breathing circus guy that walks left to right and does very little else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then in their sort of community spotlight section, they spotlight a website, the Double Dragon Dojo. Which is, you know, back, you know, remember when, when there were like fan sites mm-hmm. that would just be about one game series and it would catalog every game that was out? I checked Double Dragon Dojo, still online. Cool. It has, really? it was last updated in 2016 because that's when Double Dragon 4 was announced. Nice. But you can still visit the Double Dark Dragon Dojo even today. And that's it. Next month they're going to do what? Uh, Final Fantasy 3 coming to DS and then uh, Star Fox Command. Metroid Prime 3 Corruption is going to be in there, Sam. Hey. <laughs> So you may want to check it out. <laughs> that was the September 2006 issue of Nintendo Power. Jobert, I'm going to stop sharing my screen now. Uh, let's check in with the listeners. Well, howdy. <laughs> listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Tyler did. And Tyler wants to know, why don't more modern shooters implement ragdoll physics like they used to? So Saints Row just came out. Well, yeah, let him him explain. (laughs) Saints Row just came out, and I can't get over how lifeless the gunplay looks. It feels like ragdoll physics have been replaced by damage numbers or health bars. And in my opinion, a lot of player creativity is lost because of this. Is this mostly a creative choice, or are developers choosing to lean on damage numbers and health bars for technical reasons? So... I, I don't think I think these are two different things that he's talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. And I think Ragdoll was just a very exaggerated physics system where everything just flailed its arms and legs around and fell through the air. I mean, like basically every game you ever boot up has a Havoc logo logo at the front, which is the <laughs> physics system that's all oh, the animation is but I don't know. I mean I mean the the crazy I mean, there are still crazy stuff that use ragdoll physics. Um 
there are some great fighting games on Steam that are built entirely around it. Yeah, there are some what great we- uh, there are some great uh, uh, glitches in Skyrim that lead to it. Yeah, people just fire into the air. Very oh much. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was introduced in what the late '90s, and at the time, it was cool because before that, every you know, enemy death animations were you know bespoke. They were like created, right? And they all had like this. They all like died in the same exact way because they're all just running through the same animation. Mm-hmm. So it provided some like variation in the ways that enemies' bodies fell down, but it didn't look particularly realistic. And I, I guess I just I just assume that you know physics engines in video games have gotten a lot better. They don't need to really rely on just ragdoll, just like lifelessly flailing around when they get shot. Right? Well, if, if you think about uh, like what are why it's called that and like what a ragdoll yeah. is, it's like yeah. a you know a kind of a lifeless but also kind of light being, and that's what they always kind of looked like. They'd slide around too much or fall off things, but like at the time, seeing that object in the environment being manipulated by a physics engine was a sign of graphical intensity, and so it just looked cool. And it's like particle physics, like you know, like it's it's not really approaching reality necessarily. Necessarily in some situations, just a lot of stuff on screen. But I thought, w- w- if you think about also like what are like the ragdoll physics, where it was probably like you know five weight points. It was probably like mm-hmm. you know the chest, arm, arm, leg, leg, or something. And then you just saw like a, a very rudimentary expression of like how that five pointed thing would move through the environment. And you usually would clip through it like crazy and look crappy anyway. <laughs> but now that's not really a physics working in games, but it hasn't like evolved to the point where like everything has its own fluid dynamic system or anything. There's just more points that are doing the same thing. So it's like bodies are doing that, but they're like, you can assign like more detailed weight and more, more mm. points. And, and there's that actual center of gravity it's considering and stuff like that. And then also we have like, Limb, limb deformation so much now. Like, why even kill an enemy with, with all of its arms anymore? There's just no point. <laughs> I mean, there's still, yeah, there's still a lot of ragdoll, like, in FPS games. Like, Halo Infinite still has a ton of really Halo's funny Halo's a great ones. example of yeah, that, actually. Like, yeah, like, Infinite still yeah. has that. Um, Fallout 4 still has it, which, you know, I, like, kind of have to. <laughs> um, Apex has it. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know what kind of games this, this reader's playing, but... Uh, or Fallout's playing, a funny brother. example because it's all in slow motion, right? So you, like, see oh it. Oh, my God, it's like, so doing, funny. Like, oh, you see it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so It's total marionette net style. Like, somebody clipped the strings and everything just yeah. collapses. <laughs> it's so good. Yep. But, Tyler, damage numbers and health bars aren't a replacement for that. That's just, that's just a way to give the player feedback, you know, on what da- sort of damage you're doing. Whereas... The, re- the physics dictate how the in- the enemy's you know body is reacting to the environment. Yeah, if you're playing a game with scaling levels, it uh, gives you feedback that has no meaning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, extracurricular activities. There's a lot to watch out there right now. Is everyone watching House of the Dragon? Yes. Nope. No, yes. no, I not watching it. So, <laughs> I, are you? Are, did you watch Game of Thrones? Or are you just not interested? I, I did, and you know, I'm. St- I know that this is. These are different showrunners and stuff, but also I haven't had my HBO uh, subscription up for a while, so I'm just kind of waiting for more episodes to come out. But uh, yeah, Game of Thrones. I loved that series so much, and then the ending was just butchered. So, um, sure. yeah, but I do hear a lot of people liking this. Uh, but I, so I chose. I chose to watch. Uh, the new Lord of the Rings show instead. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like working through fantasy one, Watching one that step too. at a time. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. House yeah. of the Dragon. No, so no spoilers. I'm, I'm liking it so far. Okay. I'm not like over the moon about it, but liking it. The, the stakes are much lower, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from where we start here from even, I think they're a lot lower from where we started from Game of Thrones. 
I don't know, Sam, what do you think? Well, I agree. So like in Game of Thrones, there was one plot that was who would be king. There was a whole nother plot that's like, what's going to happen to Westeros? And then like 50 other plots about all the families that you care about and all the characters. This has one. It's like, who's going to be king next? Who's going to be queen next? One family, and then everybody else is a bit player. That is so different than how the plot was kind of composed in Game of Thrones. And it, and you know maybe it can spread out to that but right now it seems like it seems like what we're following like if you took game of thrones or a song of ice and fire the books and you clipped yeah. out everything but the stark chapters this is that's what this is which you know hmm. i don't think that's as interesting but it's obviously enjoyable to watch i also think the cg and like the general like look of it looks bad like i just think it looks like really? washed, washed oh. out it just looks oh, like wow. like i mean look at it right now it looks like your camera did before we fixed it ahead of the show like <laughs> Everything has a muted color palette and everything has like a oversaturated like kind of glow or glare to it. I'm not Yeah, like they've uh, they've said they've announced they're going to fix it, right? Where I didn't which, hear that. Which, you, really? which is a, huh. which is a weird thing that you can now say about a show yeah. is that you can yeah. like re-output the video and fix some of the effects. Oh, My I like I I I've loved Matt Smith since he was Doctor Who. I'm having a hard Same. time with yeah. him in this role. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also having a hard time with his wig, which looks ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> One of many ridiculous wigs. <laughs> so weird. Do you, well, do, okay, yeah. so for, for y'all who like the show and liked Game of Thrones, do you feel like this was necessary? Like, do you feel like it's good supplemental viewing? For oh, the it was show? absolutely not necessary <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay. I mean, but, yeah. But we'll sometimes popcorn is but... not necessary, right? And yeah. so it's That's still true. enjoyable. Uh, but it, yeah, yeah to, to answer your question directly, I agree with John. And then, and then I do. There's certain worlds I want to return to and like an experience and live in. Um, this isn't one of them because it's not very inviting. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> I want to be invited into this world to like follow a cool plot line mm-hmm. and like it's got to get to that point because just yeah. seeing it all again is like, yeah, I've seen this before. Okay. It's got a different tone from Game of Thrones, whereas like it, it's a considerably less mean spirited and like there's. There's like no evil people really right now. There's just like not a lot of bad things happening. What to about people that crab just... guy? <laughs> yeah, but that's he, that's just one thing. We also yeah. didn't really. I I could have stood to learn a little bit more about him. Sorry, no spoilers. We'll try to. Uh, <laughs> I've also I also went 44 years of my life without ever hearing my name unless people were talking to me. So that. Oh part's yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. It's weird. <laughs> First of his name, they call him in this yeah. show, but that makes you yeah. second, Damon. Yeah. Well. That's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm liking that well enough to keep watching it. And I'm also liking Rings of Power well enough to keep watching it. Yeah. Although maybe I'm... Do you feel that anything has actually happened in that show yet, though? No, and especially some of the stuff that's happening with our our mysterious visitor that fall from the sky. I'm, like, really frustrated with all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the show. It's absolutely gorgeous, which it it better be with that budget. It looks better than Game of Thrones. I'll give it that. Okay. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And, like, the actors are great. um, But, like, yeah, (laughs) I find myself... It's been so long... And I also didn't read um, any of the books prior to this. So, like, uh, watching this, I was Googling a lot of things as I was watching it. I was like, wait, what, what was this again? What was this? Um, so it's it's a lot of knowledge. I don't think it's as inviting as, like, Game of Thrones is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Game of Thrones, you don't really have to know much. And you can just kind of watch it. But this, like, they, they already kind of... They kind of cliff notes a lot of the stuff. So when you're going through it, you're just mm-hmm. like, wait, what was that? <laughs> so it's it's gorgeous. And I'm excited to see where it goes. But, like, I mean... Yeah, 
It's it's fun well, it's, viewing. <laughs> it's not so you know, I it's not a prequel to the Peter Jackson films, right? No. It's not because it's not that, part of that same universe, but yeah, you know, it's it's, my, it's based my on like one, 30 pages of footnotes. Yes. yes. Not footnotes, but so, notes in in, you know, The Return of the King Appendices among other notes. Yeah. My my first issue was just like the, this portrayal of Galadriel doesn't seem to line up with the Galadriel from the Peter Jackson films. But if it's not a prequel of the films, then you know, sure, it doesn't. You know, just do. I mean, I want. think they're probably being sort of like she's reached this serene state at that point, which is what yeah. thousands of years in the future. So I think you're kind of seeing the, the grittier, raw version of her. The way the show's paced, though, it reminds me. Did any of you watch Foundation on uh, on Apple TV? No, but you I'm know, really I mean, that was loosely. So it was loosely based on the. I mean, very loosely based on the Asimov books. Um, but that that was ten episodes, and the first four or five of them were really establishing characters and environments and the political situation, and then like episodes six through 10 really kind of delivered on the promise. But and to me, Lord of the Rings, you know, the Rings of Power feels like that as well, where it's, it's doing a lot of like, okay, here's a bunch of stuff you need to understand before we actually tell you anything. Mm -hmm. So one thing that, that concerns me is, is kind of to talk about what you're, you were talking about with Game of Thrones versus this. So I think there, there are levels of like, you know, how much background do you need to have? So Game of Thrones, I know a lot of people were lost because there was all the conversations about who is that character game, but it was ancillary stuff. It wasn't like the main stuff. You yeah. could follow that. Um, and this, like basically everything is like un unknown to people, even in Galadriel because she's 2,500 years mm -hmm. in the past and got a different character. And there's just a lot of, it's confusing. It's basically like watching a, like a, a, you know, a, a fantasy show booted from nothing. So knowing that, um, although when they start introducing the rings, like then it'll make a little bit more sense and stuff like that. And we know, but what I want to say though, is that it's funny because they're introducing this world. That's like a fantasy world with fantasy factions, like dwarves and elves and everything. Everything has that, but Tolkien invented that. I mean, mm -hmm. in, in the sense of like the modern fantasy, of course, there's also, uh, you know, Norse lore and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that like, if you have a game like World of Warcraft and it has like elves in it, it's like it's from Tolkien. Like it just is. They didn't like you know go back and go to the Ring of the Nibelung and be like, oh, this is this where this is from. Like it's not from that. It's from Tolkien. So it's like in some respects, like you know everything that's going on, but it makes it really familiar too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I won't be like I'll be a little disappointed when they like show Ents or whatever because it's like it's not like that big reveal from before. It's just kind of the thing you've already seen, and that's the problem. With building things off Tolkien that he didn't write, that he's not doing like new stuff for, it's like they're just kind of, it's like a variation on a theme that I'm very familiar with already. Yeah, and like so, like it's not canon, right? Well, it, it, I mean, there's no such thing it, as canon because there's like the the Peter Jackson <laughs> movies, then there's the books. Those aren't even the same things, right? Yeah. So it's like if this is in line with the license from the books, that's basically all you can say is like canon, you yeah. know. But like it's not yeah. canon because Tolkien didn't say like, and then a guy fell out of the sky. He did say that about the Maiar, but that was thousands of years later, even though the Maiar existed this time. So like, there's like all kinds of stuff which they can be like, they they are using the rules that Tolkien set out, right? That you know Balrogs yeah. existed from because Morgoth created them, but they're not using like, and then this Balrog, uh, you know, like fought Galadriel. Like none of, none of that's <laughs> accounted yeah. for, you know. Well, like I said, I'm enjoying it well enough. Keep watching. It's and it's nice to have two new fantasy fantasy shows to mm -hmm. watch every week. Yeah.
Let's, oh, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Uh, Stella, do you know how this works? I do not. I've this with us before. No. You know how 20 questions works? You have 20 yes or no questions to guess what a thing is. Oh God, okay. You already have, you already have a head start here because you know it's gonna be a video game. <laughs> Great, that narrows it down. <laughs> Our suggestion this week comes from Trevor Swayze, and I'm going to choose to believe there is a relation. <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Okay, so it's, I think we should narrow down era first. And uh, here's a fun way to do it. Could this game have been in this issue of Nintendo Power? Um, could it have been? Let's, uh, no, no. Okay, so it probably came out, you know, 2006 or after. Okay. Um. Uh, Was this a console exclusive? Yes. Okay, that really helps. Okay. That'll make it easier on all of us. Okay. Should we narrow the platform? Go for it. Was it a PlayStation exclusive? No. Was it an Xbox exclusive? No. Okay. Okay. So here's where it gets funny, because it could be a... Oh, no, we said console exclusive, so I was going to say it can also be PC sometimes and other things, but mm. it sounds like it's a Nintendo exclusive. Was this game published by Nintendo? No. That's five. Interesting. Interesting. Was it a Nintendo console exclusive? Let's just get that out of the way. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So not published by Nintendo, though. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Should we go genre? Yeah, we can go genre. Uh, we, we should probably get the era still. Um, uh, yeah. was, did this game come out on a cartridge, which would be DS and 3DS? No. Okay. So it's not one of the handheld systems, which is good. Uh, did this have motion controls? No. Weird. If it didn't... Huh. Hmm. Was it on the Wii U? Yes. Oh. Good. Oh. Good. Okay, cool. No motion controls, third party exclusive on the Wii U. I bet it's Monster Hunter. <laughs> Was this published by Capcom? No. That's oh. 10. Okay. Oh. We're halfway through. We, okay. Were there many third party exclusives on Wii U? There can't have been that many, right? There was Zombie U, Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. okay. That was a good one. I think we've had it before, but that doesn't stop Damon ever. <laughs> um, was this a Ubisoft title? Yes. So there, there's also Rain okay. Man. There was like a Rain yeah. Man game. Okay. Right? That was. That was. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it was raving yes. rabbits? Raving rabbits. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it um, was this game like rated? You know, uh, would would this be teen and up? Yes. Okay, I think we have our answer. Yeah? I think it's probably Zombie U, right? I think so. Um, yeah, do you fight zombies in this game? Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Stella, do you want to ask the, do you ask the final it's, it's, question? You want the honors? Zombie University? No, U doesn't stand for anything, unfortunately. It's just, it's just Zombie U? Well, yeah. Oh, what? It stands for the, whatever the U stands for in Wii U. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, just ask if it's zombie you. Yeah, Damon, is it zombie you? It sure is. Hey! 
Zombie. Yay. I guess the U could also be for Ubisoft. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It was a Ubisoft game. Oh my god, look at this game. I've never seen this. Yeah, you got your map on your Wii U control pad there, and then you also, I think, had the backpack. There we go. That's actually pretty cool. Inventory. Man. In real actually, time, so it's stressful because yeah. the game could be going while you're adjusting your backpack. That's actually really yeah. cool. Huh. I, I kinda, think we gave it a seven. Yeah. It was supposed to be okay. And it was exclusive. The trailer makes it look way better than it was. <laughs> yeah, that makes it look way cooler, but I'm pretty sure like the execution was not like yeah. as smooth, but you know. I remember it being a little stretched thin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the sniper yeah, thing's so cool though. Yeah, the sniper's funny. It was a Wii U exclusive for three years, and then it came to PS4 and Xbox huh. One in 2015. Okay. So like Red Steel, a Ubisoft like Try to appeal to you know an older violent audience at the launch of a Nintendo system for yeah. you know yeah. that was kind of marketed towards children. Isn't that huh. interesting? Yeah, that's I guess that was the relationship that Nintendo and Ubisoft had. And I guess time. it's not launch, but it was close. Well, Zombie U, nicely job, everyone. Yeah, thank you for the suggestion, Trevor Swayze. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for twenty questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Stella, thank you for joining us. We'll make sure uh, it's not it's, make sure that the show doesn't last for another 16 years before we have you oh on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank I'm just you, proud John. of my Wii U question. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You, you were the one that uh, yeah. no, isolated the Wii U. That was what we called Thank you, Switch. Sam. Uh, thank you to Jobert and everyone working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out.